Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's House, Kavanaugh Church. Will y'all stand? Let's sing together. Let's give it up for our praise team one more time. They did awesome. Great. Thank you, praise team. Hey, good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good, man. We are so glad that you are here. We hope everyone is enjoying this super hot summer. I'm ready for winter. I'm serious. Especially after this upcoming week. Oh, my goodness. All right. Stay safe out there. But for real, we hope you guys are having an awesome summer, but are so glad that you guys are here this morning with us here at Kavanaugh Church. We love this place. We, love, we believe that God does amazing things here. God meets us here, and we praise him here. And uh, we believe that God is in the business of changing lives and doing amazing things. So we hope you came ready and anticipating for something incredible to happen this morning. Amen? 
Amen. All right. I want to, invite, I want to uh, say a special welcome to any first-time guests that we might have here in the building. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we want to tell you about our church and get to know you. So if you want to, right after church, there are these uh, stands out in the lobby, welcome and information. We want to be able to say hello um, and get to know you and your family, but then also tell you about our church and what's going on here. All right. So again, great to have you here as well. I invite you all to stand right now. and We're going to ask God's special anointing on our services today. Great to see you, everybody. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, um, and thank you so much for bringing us back together, God. We, we cherish our people here. We cherish you and being in your presence, God. And I just pray that you do what you want to today. You, you thrive in this place, um, and we thrive in your presence, God. We want to adore you and to, to worship you, God. We want to lift up everything to you this morning because you truly have done an amazing work among our people, God, and you're still doing an amazing work, God. And we want to be completely open to you and to open to that. So, God, teach us today. Speak to us today, especially as our pastor brings the word uh, open in our hearts, and we want to be the people that you want us to be. We love you in your name. Amen. Let's continue to praise.
singing those lyrics, God so loved, God so loved, and whoever believes in him. It just took me back to when I was just a nine-year-old girl, and I was sitting at a church camp, Camp Beaver Fork right here in Conway, America. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're a little kid, and there's all these distractions, but I distinctly remember just the spirit. I didn't know what that was at the time, but just something speaking to me, and I just sensed that I needed to do something, that I needed to give my heart to Jesus. I had been raised in church, so I knew about it, but I'd never made that commitment on my own. And the last song that we're going to sing is just Spirit of the Living God. Amen. And when He comes in the room, it changes everything. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you're six years old or if you're, I mean, however old you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just let the Spirit speak this morning and heed Him. God so loved. Let's sing.
Spirit of the living God, we are so thankful today that we were able to come into this place and to worship you and to hear your word. And I pray, God, today that if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, that when Brother Will gets up here to give us the message, to give us your words of life, God, that they would hang on to that. Because it's one of the things in this world right now, God, that's true. That it's steadfast. You are faithful. You don't change. You're the same yesterday as you were today and the way you're going to be in the future. God, we know we can count on you. And if there's anybody in here today that doesn't feel like they have anybody they can count on, if they're alone, if they're afraid, if they're fearful, if they're worried, if they're anxious, if they're panicking, God, about what the future holds, just know if you're that person today, you can come today and you can receive the spirit of the living God in your life. It's so easy. And I pray, God, that today that someone would come and find you before it's everlasting too late. I'm so thankful for this church and for the many blessings upon my life and for the ways that you've changed us. You're a great God. And God, I just pray again today that somebody here that needs you would come forward and would claim you and receive you as the king of their life and Lord and Savior. And it's these things in your precious name, Jesus, that I pray. Thank you, praise team. They did a great job. They always do. Give them a big hand, would you? Fantastic. You know, I, um, it, it's a unique thing when, when the Spirit of God does flood a place and He is in control of everything. And I long for that for us every time we meet. And let's just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would have control of this time and that he would have freedom to speak into our hearts and change our way of thinking. Would you pray that with me? Lord, I do love you. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for these people. I pray again, dear Lord, that you would speak right now. You would speak to hearts. Lord, as I speak on the outside, may the Holy Spirit speak directly into our heart, soul, and our mind. Lord, change our way of thinking and help us to conform to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this summer I'm, I'm talking about making a difference in our world. And I don't know about you, but I really believe a difference needs to be made. Uh, we are spiraling downhill as a country, as a nation, and as a world. And I want our world to be better. I want the world to be a better place for my grandbabies and their children. Okay? And it can be, and you can make it a better place. How do we make it a better place? Well, we become better people. We become fortified in our faith. We become lights in a dark world, salt in a corrupt society. And by the things that we do, we can change this world. It can become a better place one person at a time. And that starts with you. But you know what? It's not just in the things that we do that we can make this world a better place. It is in the person you are, because that's really where it starts, who you are as a person. And today we're going to talk about making our world a better place through integrity. Ugh. It's a great challenge, but I think you're up for it today. There's a key verse that I have in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. We'll be looking at a couple of times this morning, and then several other verses in the book of Proverbs. Here's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those who have integrity. God hates people who have deceptive hearts, but he loves people who live with integrity. And may God add his blessings to the reading of his word. In 1912, when the Titanic sank, everybody called it the unsinkable ship. That was because the Titanic was using new technology. 
The new technology was you take the whole of the ship and you divide it up into compartments rather than it just being one unified, integrated whole. It was divided into compartments with the ideal that a few of these compartments could be damaged and even flooded and still the ship would continue to float. Apparently it was bad technology because the Titanic sank and 1,522 people lost their lives in that tragedy. When the integrity of the whole was damaged, that ship was doomed. It's been said that the Titanic is a metaphor for life. We're really all on the Titanic. And in many ways, your life is like a ship. You may be sailing along and everything is great. The wind's at your back and everything is going your way. You're just cruising through life. But if your integrity gets damaged, you're going to sink. If the integrity of your life is breached, then my friend, you are in big trouble. You know, today most people make a titanic mistake with their lives. You say, well, preacher, what what are you talking about? What is the titanic mistake? Well, it's when we try to compartmentalize our lives into various segments and think that we're safe in doing so. We take our lives and we divide them up into little bite-sized pieces. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe, Maybe you haven't said that you do this, but you really do it. There's my work life over here and everything in my work life stays contained in this compartment. And over here I have my social life and then I have my home life over here and back over here is my entertainment life and then over here is my church life. And we've compartmentalized everything and we think that all of this is unrelated to each other. We've compartmentalized our lives. Again, that is a titanic mistake. People say, well, I've got my my spiritual compartment over here, and that is where I pray, and I read the Bible, and I go to church, and I do some kind of ministry, but that is contained over here, and it usually happens on Sunday. But over here is my work life. That's when I'm out in the real world, working with real people, making real money. And it's as if these compartments, these aspects of our life are not integrated. They never come together. We keep them separate. And there's great silence in the church house. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I just started pastoring. A guy came to my office, member of the church, and said, uh, sit down in my office, says, you got real problems with one of your church members. Now, you hate when something like that comes out of somebody's mouth. I said, well, what are you talking about? So he named this particular person who was on our church board and a leader of our church. Again, did you notice I said way back in my early ministry, it wasn't here, right? It was a long time ago. And he went on to explain what was going on. He said that this man was his supervisor at work, had, had a lot of guys working under him. And he said every day he comes into the plant and there is just filthy curse words coming out of his mouth. And he's, he's rude to people and he's mean to people. And he curses all the time. And then he comes to church on Sunday morning and he praises God. And you called on him to pray this past Sunday and he prayed this marvelous prayer. But he's a hypocrite. What are you going to do about it, preacher? I said, oh, my lands. Well, I was young and inexperienced in ministry, and the only thing I knew to do was talk to the guy. So I asked him to come see me, and, and I explained to him why I was talking to him. And he got really red in the face. And I think he was really agitated at me, and then he got mad at the guy that told on him. But I'll never forget what he said to me. He says, preacher, you don't understand I work in the real world. That is a real plan over there, and I'm in charge of 50 men, and I've got to talk that way to them because they don't respond any other way. I don't talk that way at church. I don't talk that way at home, but i got to talk like that at work. Hmm. That's a tragedy. And the reason we do this is because we want to hold conflicting values in our mind. 
We want to do something and believe something over here and then do something and believe something else over here. And we think that by putting in this into compartments in our life, like the Titanic's hull, it's okay. Because if, if one of the compartments gets flooded, if there's a little sin in one compartment, if there is some kind of questionable activity going on over here in my social life, then it's not going to sink my entire ship because I have compartmentalized my life. Wow. Let me give you a definition of integrity. It came right out of the dictionary. Integrity is the quality or state of being complete or, say that word, undivided or incorruptible. In other words, it's saying that you cannot compartmentalize your life. Integrity means that you can't just say, I've got this over here so I can do this over here. And the reason we like to compartmentalize our life is because we love to say stuff like this, my family is first. Oh, I love my family. It's first in my life. But then in reality, we spend all of our time at work making money. We like to say, oh, praise God, I love to go to church. I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I praise the Lord. I love the Lord. But then on Friday night, we go to movies that blaspheme the name of God. We watch shows that take everything that is found in the Word of God and minimize them, and we laugh at those things. We say, I, I don't want those things to get mixed up in my life. I, I want to obey God in some areas of my life, and I want to ignore God in other areas of my life because he becomes inconvenient. But integrity says you can't live that way. You can't divide up your life and have work life and social life and entertainment life and family life and church life. It's just life. And it's all got to work together. And you've got to be the same person on Sunday morning than you are on Monday morning. You've got to be the same person at home than you are out doing your hobby. Why is integrity so important? Well, let me give you three biblical reasons I believe integrity is so important in your life. Number one is because it pleases God. It really does. Integrity pleases God. God is absolute, total integrity. The Bible says God cannot lie. The Bible says that God is absolute truth. And because God cannot lie and because God is absolute truth, he demands integrity in my life, in my actions, in my words, and in my thoughts. My whole lifestyle has to be one of honesty and integrity. Well, let's go back to our key verse, Proverbs 11, verse 20. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those who have integrity. In other words, God hates deception, but he loves integrity. Why does God hate deception? Because that's opposite of who he is. Deception devours and destroys, and it distorts our hearts. It keeps us from becoming the person God intended us to be. And you know as well as I do that people today will rationalize dishonesty with all kinds of different excuses. And I think the most famous one is, well, what does it matter? What does it matter if I do this over in my entertainment life? Nobody is ever going to know. I, I can take this little step of dishonesty. I, I can give in a little bit here because nobody is ever going to know about it. God will. God knows about it, and really, he's the only audience you need to care about. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's watching every move you make, man. And if no one ever does find out, you need to live with integrity because God cares, God sees, and God insists, and God is watching. It pleases God. God delights in integrity. God delights in your integrity. You bring a smile to God's face 
when you live a life of integrity, when you do the right thing when nobody else is watching. Don't you love it when your kids and grandkids do something that is good and right and, and you don't prompt it or promote it, they just, it, it just comes out of them? This past, this past week, since y'all are the only ones talking to me, this past week, Angie and I kept the grandbabies. Whitney and Tyler were in Florida, and so all week we kept those grandbabies. Thank the good Lord their flight actually made it back on Friday night. They, <laughs> man, I tell you what, I, 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 I tried my best to help, but it was, it was Lola who carried the load. I mean, she, she reverted back, and, and I can't tell you how many times I called Ella Jane Cowley and Archer Zane. You know, because it just took me back to when, when it was my kids and Angie was doing all the work. And, and one night we were eating dinner at the, at the table and, and Ella Jane was sitting right across from me. She's my little granddaughter. And she was just gobbling food. I mean, she was so hungry. She'd been swimming that day and she was just eating, eating, eating. And all of a sudden she burped. There was a loud burp. It was burp. And you know Ella Jane, she's a little dainty, you know. She put her hand on her mouth. Excuse me, she said. Excuse me. And I thought, well, how cool is that? We didn't prompt her. We didn't tell her. She just, excuse me. And then she said, Poe, I burp just like you. <laughs> Thing about it is, I, I didn't say excuse me when I did it, but she She did. And when we act with integrity, when, when we do the right thing, the honest thing, and nobody else is even watching, you know what? It brings delight to God. So why should I live with integrity? Number one, it pleases God. Number two, it affects other people. It affects the people around you. Whether you live with integrity or with a lack of integrity, it's going to influence and it affects the people around you. In the first place, it affects the people that you live with. It affects your family. It affects the people in your own home. Check out Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. How, how many of you want to be a blessing to your kids and your grandkids? Raise your hand. Man, I do. Then have integrity. Do the right thing. Live the right way. I mean, they're watching you. They imitate you. They emulate you. They see you sometimes at your worst. What are you showing them? I love this verse in the Living Bible. It says, it is a wonderful heritage to have an honest father. I thank God for my honest dad. He, he's, he's brutally honest, and I appreciate that. Thank God for an honest father. Not only does your integrity affect people in your family, it affects people in your world, in our society, the people you work with, the people you, you live around. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 11, the influence of good people make a city great. How do you have a good city? How do you have a great city? You have great people. How do you have great people? They have Jesus in their heart. Jesus makes all the difference. Proverbs 14, 34, New Living Translation. Godliness makes a nation great. Can I tell you that our country, America, is in desperate need of people who live with integrity. Men and women of integrity who live the way God intended us to live. So why is it important to live with integrity? Well, it pleases God. Number two, it affects other people. And number three, it blesses you. I mean, the Bible gives dozens and dozens of benefits of living with integrity. One of them is your life gets easier and it actually goes smoother when you're honest and you live in integrity. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, I'm going to read out of Peterson's translation, the message. That's Jason's favorite. Here's what it says. Moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. Let me quote a famous theologian, Mark Twain. More people in the first service laughed at that than in the second. Here's what Mark Twain, the humorist, said. One of the things about integrity is you don't have to have a long memory. 
It's good, man. In other words, you don't have to remember what you said and who you said it to. So I might tell one story to Jason and, and fabricate it and change it. And then I tell the same story to David, but I have to change it and fabricate it to tell him. And then I tell Jason the same story, but I'm fabricating and changing it. And before long, I've told this story so many different ways. I might forget what version I spoke to what person. And if you do that long enough, I, I guarantee you, you're going to mess up. And it's going to come back and bite you. But if I'm always speaking the truth, which means I'm telling the same story, speaking the truth, you don't have to have a great memory because you're always speaking the truth. Notice it says a good character is the best insurance. The best insurance policy is called integrity life. And again, that one went over about like it did the first service. I, I guess I should have dropped it because it just fell right there. But think about that. I just read this past week that, that it is a proven fact that people who have integrity, who live moral lives, live healthier and longer lives. So it is the best insurance policy that you can have. Why should a person have integrity? It pleases God. It delights God. Number two, it affects other people. And number three, it blesses me. So are you ready to live a life of integrity? But how do I do it, preacher? I'll give you three biblical ways very quickly. Here it is. How to live with integrity. Number one, I always speak the truth. Proverbs 12, 22, out of the Good News Translation, the Lord hates liars, but is pleased with those who keep their word. Let me ask you something. Just me and you. Nobody else around. Just me and you. Do you speak the truth? I mean, think about this. Do, do you always keep your word? Do you keep your promises? The Bible says that God loves people who keep their word. And if you don't keep your word, you're not going to have very many great relationships. You see, integrity is built on the basis of truth. Truth and trust. If I don't tell you the truth, you're not going to trust me. And if you don't trust me, guess what? We're not going to have a very good relationship. Proverbs 4.24, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Here, here he's saying the things that people of integrity don't do. They don't gossip. They don't tell white lies. They don't list let careless banter come out of their mouths, nor do they talk out of both sides of their mouth, which simply means I'm saying one thing to this guy and something else to this other guy. They've got a word for that. It's called hypocrisy. You speak the truth. It's, 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 it gets kind of rough right here, but if you want to be a person of integrity, you've got to always speak the truth. Always speak. I always speak the truth. If you want to be a person of integrity, you always, if I'm going to live with integrity, I'm always going to, I'll always, see, you're not getting it, are you? Just a fourth of you are getting it. You always, I think the problem is when I say that word always, it gets you so bum-fuzzled, you can't say, speak the truth. You mean to tell me I always have to speak the truth? If you want to be a person of integrity, you always speak the truth. But preacher, I don't know it. Always? I mean, it might cause problems for me. It might get me into trouble. Always? So let me help you guys out. Just the guys, the ladies, close your ears. Don't listen to this. Just guys. You want to be a person of integrity, always speak the truth. So when she says to you, honey, does this dress make me look fat? I want, I want to be a person of integrity. So here's what you say. 
This, this came from a very smart attorney friend of mine. <laughs> Baby, don't be silly. Okay, that went over really good too, all right? So just forget that I said that. Guys, don't even, don't even try it now. You'll be in trouble, all right? No, you always speak the truth. Integrity says you always speak the truth. And not only that, number two, you always stand for the truth. Standing is often more than just speaking up. It often involves action. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 says, Our responsibility is never to oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. We don't have many people today interested in standing for the truth, but we have a whole lot of people interested in standing for their own rights. In fact, we're living in a nation that is obsessed with personal rights. I have my rights. Has it ever occurred to anybody that wherever there are rights, there are also wrongs? That's the thing nobody wants to admit today. Nobody in our society wants to admit that anything is bad, that anything is wrong. And don't you dare tell me that I'm doing something that is wrong. That okay is okay for you, but this is okay for me. No, it's not. I mean, wrong is wrong. And if you're going to be a person of integrity, there's going to be times in your own life when you're going to have to stand up and speak up with the truth and point out something that is flat out wrong. Now, let me tell you guys, you, you, you don't do that in a mean-spirited way. You don't do it out of hatred. The Bible says speak the truth in, and you got to have love to speak the truth when it's hard. But if you're going to be a person of integrity, let me tell you, that there will be times in your own family you're going to have to say to the people that you love the most, that is just wrong. It is tough. And I'm telling you, I love you, dude. And that's the reason I'm telling you that, that that relationship you're in right now with that married woman is wrong. You need to stop it right now. You're going to destroy their life and your own life. It's wrong to do that. I love you so much that I'm, I'm going to tell you from, from my heart that sex outside of marriage is wrong. I don't care what our world says, it's wrong. People in your own family are going to have to say, homosexuality is wrong. I don't care what the world says, it's wrong. Abortion is wrong. Profanity is wrong. Dude, I've been looking for a chance to talk about this, and so it presented itself. And so let me just say that I am blown away and aghast at what I'm hearing on TV and in public. It, I don't know if it makes me mad or if it breaks my heart. You know, and just t 10 years ago, the, the words that, that came on TV shows, you know, I'm not, I can't. You know what I'm talking about, curse words. And you think, oh, they shouldn't be saying that on TV. We, sh we shouldn't be listening to that. But you know what? Because we didn't stand up and do anything about it, now they are using the, the bomb words. You know what I'm saying? I, I have never in my life thought I would live in a day and time when, when the words that are just flowing out of people's mouths on, on every channel on your TV station on every podcast that you look at, on every video on YouTube, all over the place. It's, 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 it's on billboards. It's, 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 the, it's the bad word. And it's just flowing out of people's mouths. I heard a little kid drop the, the bomb the other day, and I thought, my Lance, what is going on in our world? You know, you know what the problem is? Because good people like us have just not stood up and said, that's wrong. Did, did you know that when you know the truth, but don't speak the truth, it's a sin for you. 
You don't believe me? James chapter 4, verse 17. When a person knows the right thing to do but doesn't do it, then he is sinning. And I think it's very important for us to remember that quote that says, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And dude, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, even in your own family. But if you're going to be a person of honesty and integrity, you're going to have to speak the truth and stand for the truth. How do you do it? Number three, stay clean. Keep your mind, your body, your motives pure. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 says it like this. You're to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Let your lives shine brightly before them. So we stay clean. Now we all know the excuses uh, th- this stuff I'm reading over here, it's, it's, it's not going to affect me. I can go watch that movie, and it's not, it's not going to bother me. There's some, yeah, there's some bad language, and there's some bad scenes, but it's okay, because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put that in my entertainment compartment. Who are you fooling, man? Have you ever been right here at church sitting in your chair we're singing praises or I'm preaching and then all of a sudden this this thought this memory this image comes flashing across your mind and you where'd that come from because let me tell you it doesn't belong in here where did that come from it came from that compartment you hid it in because you really didn't hide it Anything that you put in here stays in there. So don't fool yourself and say, you know what, I can can just deal with it. I can justify it. I can rationalize it. Are, Are you rationalizing things in your life by saying, it's no big deal? Have you ever used that excuse? This is no big deal. Have you ever used that about something? Rationalizing is telling with your mind what your heart knows is wrong. It's saying with your mind something is right when deep inside you, your heart knows it's wrong. You're saying it's no big deal. It's just a small sin. And on top of that, I've got it compartmentalized over here in the hole of my ship. Well, let me ask you this. How big of a hole does it take to sink a ship? Does it have to be a 10-foot diameter? Or a five foot, or a one foot, or a half inch diameter. A hole is a hole, is a hole. And a hole in the ship is going to sink the boat. I mean, it's just a matter of time. We're not talking about if the boat is going to sink. We're talking about when it's going to sink. So just a small sin, just a small indulgence is going to sink your ship eventually. So guys, here's the bottom line. If you want to become a person of integrity, then you're going to have to care about the little things in your life. You're going to have to pay diligent attention to the small things. You're you're going to have to take care of those things in your life that nobody else sees or nobody else knows about. You've got to take care about those details that are really important. Because you see, integrity is what you are when nobody else is looking. Integrity is what you are in the dark. That's character. That's integrity. And my challenge to these people in front of me today that I love with all of my heart is for you to commit to become a person of integrity in what the Bible calls a crooked and perverse generation among whom you may shine as lights in a dark world. Because let me tell you, if you live with integrity, you're going to stand out. You're going to shine against the darkness that is in our world today. And, and let me tell you again, America is desperately in need of men, women, teenagers who live lives of integrity. At work, at school, in our government, in our churches. There is a crying need for honesty and integrity in our day. And without that, without integrity, without having good godly people, our society is going to crumble. 
So do you want to please God? Do you want God to look down on your life and put a smile on his face? Then, my friend, you must become a person of integrity. It pleases God. It affects other people. It blesses me. How do I do it? I always speak the truth. I always stand for the truth. And I am, in, I am diligent in my personal life. I want to keep myself clean. How do I do that? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God's divine power gives us everything we need for life and godliness. This power was given to us through knowing Jesus, who called us by his own glory and his integrity. So if you want to live a life of integrity, it all begins by giving your heart to Jesus. You become a child of God. His power then lives inside of you. He gives you resurrection power to stand for truth and to speak the truth and to live a clean life. And for those of you who are believers, you, you take opportunities like this to, to come down and, and just kind of nail some things down at the altar and say, Lord, I'm, I'm guilty of, of allowing this indiscretion into my life. I'm, I'm guilty, dear Lord, of trying to compartmentalize this area of my life. And today, I'm just asking you for forgiveness and help. And we come and we pray. Dude, let me tell you, we're all the same. I mean, we're, we all struggle, don't we? It, it might be with different things, but we're just living life together. And we need to be open and honest and help each other. And I want to help you start thinking differently about how you live life. You can make a difference. You can make a difference in your home, in your school, at work. You can make a difference in your neighborhood, but you got to live for Jesus. Give him everything. Hold nothing back for yourself. Become a person of integrity. I'm going to pray that at the altar for myself. Lord, Lord help me to be more honest. Lord, Lord, help me to be more open. Help me to be a person of integrity when, when nobody else is, is looking at me. Lord, when, when it's just me and, and I didn't bring it in here, me and that little cell phone that can go anywhere in the world. Lord, help me to be a man of integrity. And if you'd like to come and pray that prayer with me, I, I would encourage you to do so. I'd love for you to come and, and let's pray together. So, Miss Angie, if you'd come on up here, and we're going to have this invitation. Also, along with the invitation, I'm going to call for a special group to come and, and pray over a young lady we have in our church. Ashton Craig is here. Ashton, raise your hand. Right there she is. She's with her Aunt Jessica. Ashton is following the Lord and is a missionary. She's uh, with Youth for a Mission. She's about to go into the 1040 window of our world which is a very hostile environment. But she's going there to be a light for Jesus and to be a missionary. We're so glad that she's with us today. Jason is going to take this family down here to this altar during our prayer time. And if you may not even, you don't know, Ashley, but you know what? She's a fellow believer, a Christian, a follower of Jesus. She's given her life as a missionary. And she's with us today. So that makes her a part of this family. So would you come and pray with her? Heavenly Father, right now I pray that you do something special in our room. Dear Lord, for those who need to come and pray for integrity, I pray that they would have the freedom to do it. For others who need to just get a little more of Jesus in their life or to be saved, I pray that they would come. Lord, help our church to rally around Ashton this morning and pray for her as she goes into this very hostile and difficult region in our world today of Northern Africa and Asia. I pray to her, God, that you would just give her protection and wisdom, help her to be that light in a dark world. Lord, we all live in a dark world, so help us to let our light shine as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand and would you come and pray, either here at the altar or join this group praying with Ashton today, would you?
Holy Spirit, thank you for being in this room today. Thank you for using the, the powerful Word of God to speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that it's changed us today and that uh, we're more conscious of the people that you want us to be. You do delight in integrity, and I pray, dear Lord, that that would be a characteristic of our own lives. Help us, dear Lord, to be a light in this world, salt in this corrupt society. Help us to make a difference in the things that we do, the things that we say, and the people that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good deal. Good to have you today. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those guest cards. You can find it in the chair back in front of you. If you'll take it out here to this Connect counter, we got a gift for you, okay? So uh, do that as you leave. For the church members, when you walk out the doors, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. We appreciate that. The incomparable Ray Copeland is going to be teaching Bible study tonight on Facebook Live at 630. You can tune in and watch that. 7 o'clock Wednesday, everybody, everybody, undivided attention, everybody, 7 o'clock Wednesday, it, it is going to be a big night here at Kavanaugh Church, and I personally want to invite and encourage every one of you to be here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I know it's hard, it's the middle of the week, you've, you've already gone through a tough part of the week, but you'll need to be here to be encouraged on Wednesday night. We have a special group, the Sounds of Praise, from Southeastern Free Will Baptist College in North Carolina. It's first time any of these young people or their sponsors has been at Kavanaugh Church. They don't know what a real church is like. <laughs> so we want to show them our hospitality and love, and I need you to be here with me to do that. They're going to be an encouragement. They're going to be a blessing. Uh, these are college-age kids traveling through the summer. Uh, worshiping and praising God and leading in worship in churches. So Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, where are you going to be? Will you come? Will you be a part of this? I, I really think it will be a blessing for all of us. So Wednesday night, come and uh, participate in that. Uh, guys, men, this Saturday we've got men's breakfast. Thursday at 11.30, prime timers are meeting. Let me make a special announcement this morning. Uh, at the end of the school year, Sister Sherry Stell resigned from, she retired from our Kavanaugh Children's Center after having been the director for over 20 years. Uh, we've gone through the summer program. We're getting ready to go into our new school year. Uh, Kavanaugh Children's Center has been around a long time, all right? Uh, back in the early 80s, the church started uh, the kindergarten, and it has thrived through the years, uh, made significant impacts on people's lives. I run into people all the time who uh, say, oh, I went to kindergarten. Miss Jane Ann Branch was my teacher in kindergarten at Kavanaugh Church. And now we're seeing multiple generations of people who have sent their kids and grandkids to our school. So it is a great, safe place and we would like to announce the new director of Kavanaugh Children's Center, Mrs. Danny Shant. Would you stand up, Danny? She's our new director. Danny, Dan, Danny's worked, you've worked over there for how long? Almost eight years. But Danny grew up right here at Kavanaugh Church. She's been here the whole time I've been here. Do what? You would, yeah, kindergarten too, and so it's, it's just a natural fit. She's doing a fantastic job. The office manager is Catherine. Where's Catherine at? Stand up, Miss Catherine. Catherine Dundee, she's office manager. These, these two ladies are doing a magnificent job. I want you to pray for them and our children's center every single day. You, you got, I pray for y'all specifically every day, and I pray for our kids' center. Would you join me in doing that? Uh, we are making a difference one kid at a time, all right? So get around these ladies, love on them, tell them that you're proud of them, and I know they will appreciate it as well. Ashton, thank you for being here today. We're going to be praying for you as you go to the 1040 window. Uh, God bless you, sister. Keep loving Jesus and keep doing the good work of the kingdom, all right? For the rest of y'all, stay out of trouble. That means live lives of integrity. God bless you.